You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Folks, it is another week here at Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. We are just plowing right ahead. There's so much going on, stuff going on with the elections, stuff going on at Bride Ministries. I want everyone that's listening to this podcast to understand there's never been a better time to get set free and delivered. First of all, when we get free of the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of darkness is holistically depowered. And that's why at Bride Ministries, we have released a first of its kind, to our knowledge, in the world, Deliverance Portal. It is a world-class resource. There are various ways to get to it. You can just go to deliverance.bridemovement.com, or you can visit our website at bridemovement.com, go to our ministry page, and click the button that says, you know, get delivered right at the top of the ministry page. Either way, you will find yourself at our deliverance portal. Did I mention, you can also just go to the front page in our little what's new box and you will find the deliverance portal scrolling in that area. At deliverance.bridemovement.com, you'll be able to take assessments and map your problems to prayer resources or just go after our prayer resources because you're familiar with them. We want you to use it and use it well and share it with the world. You know, it has been a long, painstaking journey for us to be able to articulate all of these prayer resources. It has taken countless, I mean, thousands of hours of ministry and session work to be able to derive these tools and resources. But now we are turning them over to the world for free because it's the heart of God to see his people liberated from this nonsense. Now, if you are looking for ways to pray for this nation and our government. Well, one of the things that you can do is grab the uh, prayer for our president right off of our website under the prayer resources section. Um, You can also access any of our prayer resources from the app. If you didn't know, grab that at Google Play or at the iTunes store, and uh, you'll be able to get a whole bunch of other prayers that you can just say for whatever you need, um, either there on the website. There is a prayer resource in my book, Advanced Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth. It's called the Territorial Warfare Prayer. For those of you that feel you have a mandate to pray for the nation and to pray for specific regions in the nation, okay, this prayer resource in my book, Advanced Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth, is there for you. It will help you to pray into a whole lot of aspects of the territory and with with keys. And those keys uh, were keys that came at great cost to us. We had to press into these for a long time to get them all and to get them all articulated. It was a lot of work, research, and engineering. So please understand Bride Ministries is equipping you to get the job done in this hour. I want everyone else to know, you know, there's a lot that continues to happen. We are going to be transitioning the ministry from Dallas to Houston in the early, early part of 2021. So please be ready for that. Uh, For those of you that are in the Houston area, we're going to have a ministry training center, a physical place where we are doing our live services from, and we'll also be having other meetings, worship nights, 
training and activation weekends, all kinds of stuff. I mean, look, next year, Bride Ministries is moving into a whole new phase of growth, influence, impact. It will be epic. So we want to get you that are in the Houston area excited and believing with us that God is giving us um, everything we need. You know, my wife and I, we need uh, housing. There are other people that are telling me, Daniel, we're moving to Houston. They're getting housing. We're believing God for smooth transitions for everyone that is uh, receiving mandates for that region. We're also believing God for land to build survivor housing. And we're believing God for a freestanding building to do our ministry training center in. And so there's a lot of things we're believing God for. We're also believing God to do things debt-free. And so believe with us. Now, with all of that said, we are going to get right to this week's podcast. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Hello, this is Christian Duvall, and you're listening to the Christian Business Podcast. It's been a little while. I think I didn't do a podcast in September because it was pretty busy, but I managed to book an incredible guest for you all. I honestly don't know how I got him to come on my program. I do. I had a cr- I've had a crush on him for the last at least three years, maybe even longer, <laughs> and um. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm, I'm going to do the best I can. Um, we have Daniel Duvall. Thank you, baby. Joining us. <laughs> you know, I will do my best to not throw you off with my good looks during this podcast, but I can't make any promises. And you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, The reason why I brought Dan back on the podcast is that we kicked off the year talking about the cosmic trade and how trade and economics, what it had to do with the spirit world and business. And uh, I had so many amazing guests that we never got back around to having that subsequent follow-up conversation. And we left that podcast on an incredible cliffhanger. So I wanted to follow up on that first podcast that we did. It was actually my first podcast I did on the show. And just kind of finish this conversation. And I believe where we left off is how the banking system actually puts a value on the souls of Americans with a birth certificate. If you have a birth certificate, you're actually considered a corporation. Is that right? And as a corporation, they actually have a value for the rest of your life about how much money you're going to produce for the economy. And so even a birth as innocent and precious as a birth has now become a trading into a system. But where we kind of left off was we didn't really get into what Satan was actually trading. And so um, I want to get into that today because it has enormous implications for how we think about doing business on both sides of the veil, about being um, kingdom operatives on both sides of the veil. It has enormous implications for just deliverance and ministry. And so it's an incredible conversation. I will say that Dan actually did a five-part, six-part series at the uh, Bride Ministries Church on the subject. So if you find yourself drowning, 
which often happens when Daniel speaks, don't worry, you can go back. Um, I don't know if it's on our app, but it's definitely on our website where you can get this, this um, particular conversation. So Daniel, let's start off. And before we get into the soul trade conversation, let's just go to what is the origins of trade and remind people about that before we go launch into the deep stuff. Well, thank you for the graciousness of having me back on. How exciting is this? I, uh, I'm going to just go right to the book of Ezekiel 28. A lot of people have considered that Satan fell uh, primarily because he wanted to be like God. He wanted to be God. He wanted to take God's throne, which is true. He certainly wants the throne and he wants to rule everything. But God judged him and threw him out of heaven because of trading. And that is clearly spelled out. And so, you know, in quoting Ezekiel 28, it says, you were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created until iniquity was found in you by the abundance of your trading. You became filled with violence within you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub. So that, that gives us a hint as to the nature of what Satan, what Lucifer is a master of. He is a mastermind when it comes to trading. And there's a lot of directions that you can take this conversation, but truly, uh, when you want to take over a group of people, there are different ways that this has been demonstrated in history. You have had military conquests where people take other people's stuff by brute force. You just beat them up and you take it. Uh, that's taken on many expressions from the days when people fought with swords and arrows uh, till now when we have modern warfare, frequency-based weapons, uh, psychotronics, uh, nuclear arsenals and so forth. Then you have cultural conquest where you have one culture becoming so influential that other cultures and people groups around that hub begin to fold and willingly go under that societal shift because they see a better culture demonstrating itself. You know, there, there's a lot of different ones, but, but one of the ones that's been certainly happening more recently in history, which in the past, you know, several hundred years, we have seen economic conquest. And economic conquest happens when people are strategically put in debt, and then all of their assets, their value, everything that they have is taken away by transactions. And it happens on trading floors. And there's things that we could point out such as predatory lending, you know, giving people usury arrangements that charge 20% interest, things like that, ridiculous stuff. Um, you know, national, international banking groups have gone after third world countries offering ridiculous loans. And that puts entire nations in debt. And so we see this agenda it comes straight from the pit of hell and Satan is a mastermind putting 
things in debt because he's a master trade craftsman. And so he was trading even before he fell and he fell into deception, sin, iniquity then, and that's carried forward even into present day. And the thing is, uh, when it comes to economics, and this is something that came out on the first podcast that we had, you know, trade is at the center of more than we can imagine when, when it comes to spirituality, because God also makes trades and there is no such thing as prayer without trade. You don't have salvation without trade. There are godly trading floors, um, but there are ungodly trading floors and Lucifer's downfall is directly linked to his trading And so when we get to present day and we begin to look at the larger picture of what happens with these ungodly trades, what we run into is ungodly trades on the human soul. So that gets us to my next question is, you know, in the, what is trading in the, in the spirit world? I think one thing that always fascinates me is how, the mechanics of the spirit world ground out here and how what we see here is a reflection of the spirit world. And so we know that in this context on earth, money is a big component of trade, currency, human trafficking, humans are a part of trade. Um, there's a drug trade, illicit drug trade, there's commodities trading, there's all types of trading. What does that look like when you go, you step outside of, the 3D realm and you go into higher dimensions and into the spirit world, the currency of trading is souls. There's all kinds of other things going on. There's other tradings, obviously, but one of the main currency is souls. And so because of that, I want you to talk about the cosmic soul trade, what it is, how it works, who are the players? Well, and this is a very important conversation to have because Anyone that's pursuing any kind of economic empowerment or business or just advancement in life, they're going to have to fight through different kinds of resistances. And those resistances include barriers in the natural, educational barriers, opportunity barriers, barriers from gatekeepers that hold the keys to advancement in different, you know, mountains of society, so to speak. If we don't have a passage through Uh, then we can get stuck. And where a lot of people have gotten stuck is they haven't realized just how many trades have been made in the spirit world regarding their lives and their souls are compromised as a result of that, creating loopholes and backdoor legalities that allow for the hacking of lives and therefore progress. And this is not something that gets stopped just because a person comes to Jesus at a moment of salvation. It's not something that gets stopped when a person uh, gets baptized in water or even filled with the Holy Spirit and begins to speak with other tongues. Like when it comes to trades made on the soul, these are problems that need to be resolved by applying the finished work of Jesus Christ specifically to specific incidents where trades were made, resolving them by the power of the blood of Jesus so that the person can walk free of the bondage and the the, the ramifications. Now, this grounds out in scripture in Revelation 18. You see that in from 11 to 13, 
the Bible is talking about the trades of Babylon. And if you get to the very end of passage 13, what is Babylon trading? They're trading in the bodies and souls of men. So Babylon is very interested in trading souls. Uh, moreover, soul trading, soul hunting, soul capturing is ancient witchcraft. This is not something that begins with a end-time manifestation of Babylon in Revelation 18. No, this goes back. I mean, we actually see it being spelled out in the book of Ezekiel, where we can read about how these witches were, there, there were these women, the Bible describes, as sewing magic charms on their sleeves and making veils for the heads of people so they could hunt souls. What are they doing hunting souls? Well, if you hunt if you hunt a fox, you catch a fox, you can skin the fox, sell the fox skin. What do you do with the fox skin? You make a hat, you can make a garment, you can make a robe. You can do, like, there's a value on that commodity, which is the fox skin. So why would you hunt anything? You're going to hunt it because you want to devour it and you want to eat it. You want to sell it. You want to use it. Same thing with the soul. You want to eat it, you want to devour it, you want to use it, you want to harvest it. There's a, a value. And so it's hunted. And God calls this profane. Um, and, and so God is rebuking these people for hunting souls like birds. You know, that's, that's, that's what you find in the book of Ezekiel. And so people have never stopped hunting souls. They, 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 they've, they, they've hunted souls 3,000 years ago, and they're still hunting souls today. As a matter of fact, this is one of the reasons why people need to be uh, very careful about some of the folks they keep company with or that they allow around their children because people that have been trained to hunt souls will find ways to do this. And it's not through physical means. It's through witchcraft. It's through sorcery. It's through incantations and rituals. Rituals are a very big part of achieving the hunting and successful harvesting of soul. And so anyone that has a background of satanic ritual abuse or cult exposure is going to have problems because pieces of their soul have been harvested. They've been hunted. And for that reason, ruin has been brought to their lives. And remember, Matthew 16, 26 says, what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Clearly, the Bible is saying, look, soul has value. And so in order to take this a step further, what we need to talk about is fragmentation. Because when you're talking about hunting a person's soul, it, it's not typically done on behalf of the entire soul essence of a person. It's, it's very hard to completely harvest the entire mind, will, emotions, and intellect that is comprising a person's soul all at once. Because the only way to take it and trade on it or do things is to take it out of the body fully and then the person is dead. So you don't harvest or hunt a whole soul most of the time. It is a process of 
creating traumas that cause fractures in the soul and then harvesting, capturing, sequestering those fractures and making trades with pieces of a person's soul. And this grounds out again. The Bible says in Isaiah 61.1, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Why is God binding up the brokenhearted? Because our hearts are broken. And a heart is the subconscious. It is the deepest realms of the soul overlapping upon the spirit. It's a gate. So when you talk about the heart being broken, that's reflective of every layer of our creation having brokenness, body, soul, and spirit. But specifically, the Bible will target the soul and In Job 19, verse 2, you find, how long will you torment my soul and break me in pieces with your words? Psalm 7, 2, lest you tear my soul like a lion, rending it in pieces. The idea that a soul can be broken, torn, ripped up is clearly articulated. So this is the process. You take a person, you create trauma, which causes the soul to fracture. Not all soul fractures produce dissociative identity disorder. All you need is pain. And little pieces of that soul will splinter off. And if those are captured, they can be traded. And this happens all the time. And, you know, people think, well, I I don't have any uh, uh, satanic ritual abuse in my past. So how are they getting to me? Answer, all they need is an access point through iniquity. And demonic entities can pull a person out at night and create trauma during nightmares and night terrors, which often occur in other realms, which will also call soul fragmentation because of the trauma happening in the other realms. You don't always need physical traumas to get this process executed. And There are even sciences in the occult. They call it dream manipulation. Human agents can go in by getting to a person while they are astral projecting. If that person is sleeping, they can, if there are no barriers or defensive mechanisms or angelic guards, uh, begin to manipulate that person's dream and put projections into the dream that allow them to gain ground relative to whatever their evil agenda is. I mean, all this stuff happens. This is the kind of stuff that snares people. Very good, Daniel. So now that you explain how soul trade, like the mechanisms of soul trade, how it can happen from the context of us being on earth, going out to experiences that may be painful and hurtful that creates these fractures that are then traded in the cosmos. Can you talk a little bit about, because I think for us, we take it for granted, but the people who are purchasing soul parts, what are they using them for? Goodness. Diabolical things. Absolutely terrible things. And uh, when, when you talk about souls, I make a comparison to oil. With oil, when you, you know, mine or whatever, you pump oil out of the ground, you can take it and use it to make all kinds of things. 
kerosene, gasoline, asphalt, plastics. Now, how many plastics are there? I mean, we know people on television that would not look like what they look like if it were not for plastic. <laughs> All made possible by oil. I mean, you just, let's be honest. That's not, that, that's not the way God made you. But, you know, uh, the, the thing is, there's a lot of application. So we're not limited in what we're using oil for. The, the more science is advancing, the more ways we find to apply oil, the more types of plastics get engineered. I, I mean, you have all kinds of plastics. There are plastic straws that you drink uh, stuff through, and there are bulletproof plastics that you couldn't fire a, 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 you know, a round in a gun through. It's going to bounce off. You know, there's, there's so many different ways to use this material. The same thing with the soul. Soul has an extraordinary wide range of application in the spirit world that makes it very valuable to the evildoers. They can be woven together like a garment. And I give the example of the fox, right? You hunt the fox, you get the fox skin, you can make a hat out of it, you can make a garment, you can stitch it together with other stuff. It's the same exact thing which the soul. Watch this, 1 Samuel 18 verse 10 says, now when they had finished speaking to Saul, Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Now, this is where most people get the concept of a uh, 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 soul tie. But the, the, taking it just a step further than just, okay, you know, I, I have an intimate connection with a person. And of course, there are healthy soul ties. So Christian, you and I have a soul tie because we're married. That's a God-ordained soul tie. It's healthy. But we can have ungodly soul ties as well. People get soul ties with exes. They get soul ties with abusers, they, all that stuff. But um, the Bible actually, in many translations, uses the word knit. And what we've learned about the soul essence and what happens with soul pieces is that they very much do get knit together. And so what some of these principalities and fallen angels will do is they will get many pieces of soul fragment in their possession through trades, through trauma, through rituals, through different things. And what they do is they get all of these soul pieces woven together and they wear it like a garment. Why? Why, Daniel? And, and, and the reason why they do this is because it's protective. Many of these fallen angels... If you go and you just pray directly against them without leaning into a justice case, without leaning into the, uh, a, a, a deliverance um, proceeding, without leaning, but you just want to just, you know, take on Satan head to head and just punch him in the face with your prayer. Your prayers are going to hit the garment of human soul fragments first. It's like an armor. So to pray against a lot of these fallen angels in a very direct, in a very, you know, uh, it, I, was, I would call it ignorant fashion is actually 
volleying a prayer against humanity. So people are going to get hit before the entity does by your prayers. This is why people that just go on a mountaintop and just start yelling at every principality in the region as if that's going to work in taking them out are often disappointed at the results. Usually they just end up getting hammered themselves, especially when they're operating outside of a mandate. Now, mandates will change things, uh, even in ignorance because of grace. And sometimes God will put angels on assignment that can do workarounds that we don't know to pray for. So everything's different with a mandate. But this is a protective mechanism. I mean, you want to go head to head with some of these fallen angels and just blast them because you think you have a great voice and a good prayer life. Like, you know, think again, there are, there are provisions in place that we as a body of Christ largely have not understood to protect them from the dethroning that we would like to bring in a full on frontal assault. So, this whole science is very important to the kingdom of darkness. They need soul fragments to keep themselves protected. And as a matter of fact, as I go through some of these other points, Christian, what people are going to realize is, wow, the kingdom of darkness wouldn't have nearly as much clout if it weren't for all of the soul trading that's happened. If you take all of the human soul fragments out of the possession of the kingdom of darkness, out of their garments, out of their jewelry, out of their thrones, out of their crowns, out of their, you know, resource pools, out of their harems and all this stuff. And you just begin to do frontal assaults in the name of Jesus. Suddenly, basic prayers are going to be doing a whole lot more damage. We're actually going to see the administration of what the Bible suggests when it comes to how powerful Jesus is. The reason why many Christians are, I mean, it's, it's really discouraged with trying to en en engage the kingdom of darkness with the power of God uh, to see breakthrough is because we haven't realized how many legalities have been confused due to the soul trading that's happened and how much humanity is being leveraged in the defense of evil constructs in the spirit world. That's really good. So, yeah. And, and so for those of you listening, wondering what happens, you know, when someone just yells Jezebel and we're coming after you, rebuking them, or just coming at and lodging these ignorant assaults in prayer. One potential is that it actually hurts the human soul fragments the more likely response is that it rolls off the principality because Jesus is so merciful to soul fragments that he doesn't want to hurt it. So in, if you don't understand how to go about warring with these entities, you end up praying mute prayers that actually don't perform because of that twist in legality, because Jesus is not going after a broken soul fragment and rebuking it and lighting it on fire and throwing hailstones and, you know, drowning it. Jesus is a compassionate savior. And that's not how he handles soul parts. And principalities know that. So they hijack Jesus's compassion and wear it as a cloak because they don't have any grace on their own lives. So they're literally wearing humanity's grace that was purchased by Jesus Christ. And they use that as a hack 
to remain untouchable in some ways. But I know from, from Daniel's experience that that is not an absolute. There are ways to go about and strip them of their garments. I know Daniel has done it many times, stripped them of their, the humanity and their crowns and their thrones and all types of places. But you have to be a skilled operator in doing that. And so it's just a remain um, open to how God is actually leading you to deal with these things. So that's really good. Um, so they can be worn as garments. What else, Daniel? Well, and, and, and we have to keep in mind that not only do fallen angels have the ability to wear human soul fragments as garments, but high-level warlocks can do the same thing. I mean, if there's anything that a fallen angel can do, a human in the spirit world, a witch, a warlock, or whatever, can be trained and empowered to do that as well. And so that's one other thing to keep in mind here. So, you know, engaging with the kingdom of darkness, this is one of the reasons why so many of my prayers become so language heavy. Because the more legalities we discover and the more workarounds we language, the more successful people are at getting the breakthroughs that they need. And it's not that it's impossible. And I don't want anyone to hear this conversation that we're having about soul trade and get discouraged because it's like, oh gosh, there's so much to know. How can I ever figure this out? We've figured out a lot. I mean, we figured out a lot right here at Bride Ministries. And we've figured it out in such a way that you don't even need to understand what we know. Use our deliverance portal, grab my books, just find the prayers that apply and start using the language because the language solves for the things we don't know are going on. Now, here's another thing that happens with souls that has to be kept in mind. Souls can be afflicted through oaths. Souls can be afflicted through oaths. So the Bible talks about in Exodus 30 verses 12 and 13, if the husband truly made them void, this is talking about the wife, on the day he heard them, then whatever proceeded from her lips concerning her vows or concerning the agreement binding her, it shall not stand. Her husband has made them void and the Lord will release her. Every vow and every binding oath to afflict her soul, her husband may confirm it or the husband may make it void. And what this means is that we can have oaths and vows made that afflict our souls. And so a lot of people end up with an affliction because they have made oaths and vows that have not been rendered void by the power of our husband, Jesus Christ, in the spirit. Uh, we haven't placed that under his jurisdiction to cancel and void it out. We are still holding it. So a person that says something like, I will never, um, you know, uh, trust a man or uh, uh, I, I, a woman can never be uh, faithful or whatever. You know, we make these inner vows, these oaths that, that, that our programs that run in our hearts, it, it becomes an affliction to us because those things attract demonic activity that will destroy our lives. You know, sometimes we see someone who's wealthy but they create great pain for us in our lives. So we say, I will never be like them, including being well off. And so we are destitute our whole lives trying to not be like a person that created injury for us, not separating the reality that 
it wasn't the money that made them evil. It was that they were evil and that was reflected in the way they used their money. And so people end up in affliction all the time. And, you know, this in a sense is a trade. You're making a trade into a false belief, into a false oath. And that is opening up doors of sabotage into one's life. And so that is a relevant thing. We have to find the um, ungodly oaths and vows entangling us and cancel them in the name of Jesus, literally renouncing them. Another thing that's very important to understand is that soul fragments get used to power up technologies, both here and in other worlds. And this is going to be strange for some people to learn, but like it doesn't stop with weaving garments together. Souls are woven into everything from artificial intelligence to holograms. And this allows for technology to be um, humanized, given sentience, uh, you know, moved forward. And, 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 and this happens both on and off planet. You know, I remember like there was one day I was sitting down with a person and we are literally in Orion with Jesus and the angels. And there is a, I mean, it's basically like an Android. And we uh, took apart the Android and took out its power cell, which looked like a crystal. Well, Jesus turned that crystal into the soul fragment of the person that had been dehumanized and trafficked to Orion to power up this Android. When he rehumanized that soul part, we realized, wow, this was actually broken at, you know, some age in childhood. And, but starting there at that trauma, it was trafficked out of the body. It was taken off planet and found its way into Orion, dehumanized, and then used in that dehumanized state to provide power for some ungodly entity and its part synthetic. And so what people... Are, are going to be astounded by is just how far spread the cosmic soul trade goes. When the Bible says the Babylon trades in the bodies and souls of men, it is not kidding. This is not a small statement. I mean, it might be a brief statement, but it's, it's a massively huge statement. And so when you are powering up evil things, ungodly technologies and so forth, with your soul, this is going to have residual effects on what transacts in your life here on earth, because you're tied into that, whether you know it or not. And what most people don't realize is just how much they are tied into because of the extent of the soul trading that has happened on their lives. One of the biggest challenges for, for me is helping people who have lived a lifetime of poverty and have also been the subject of satanic ritual abuse and cult abuse on different levels to achieve uh, a, a, a stability financially and otherwise. It's, it's very hard because there's so much working against that end, so much healing and deliverance that's required to sustain it. Many people, even if they get a breakthrough because of the extent of the soul trading that's happened relative to their lives, the enemy will successfully steal inheritances from tens of thousands to millions of dollars in a matter of months or years uh, because of how 
many trades are existing and how many legalities are pulling on anything good coming to that individual. And so uh, in the process of deliverance, we are constantly seeing people set free of technologies that their soul parts are powering up. And the thing is, you know, people say, well, I don't want to take a healing journey. That sounds too hectic and too difficult. Well, I mean, how much of the expression of who Jesus designed you to be, do you want at work in your life, friend? Because I tell you, you know, if we don't go and take the journey on behalf of not only ourselves, but our children, our bloodlines, the devil gets to keep everything he stole. That is at least until Jesus comes back and sorts it all out. So one of the next things is that soul parts are used to operate clone bodies. And everybody knows that (laughs) they have cloned a sheep, okay? Dolly the sheep was cloned. And that was a long time ago. Anybody that thinks that they've only cloned a sheep one time and never revisited the conversation of the subject is deceiving themselves. Of course they can clone people. Not only do they clone people, they have many different kinds of clones. They have clones that live a few days. They have clones that have a longer shelf life. They have different names for different technologies of cloning people because there isn't only one way to do it. No, how do they animate these clones? There are different ways to do it. But one of the favorite ways is to take actual humanity from the person's soul that has, you know, a resonance with the DNA. And sending that soul fragment into the clone to animate it. What people don't realize is some of their night journeys that feel real are real because they are happening in clone bodies that exist in other locations, but implicating soul fragments that spend at least part of the time living in the physical body. This allows the enemy to run all kinds of operations, especially extending into uh, operations that occur in outer space. And the secret space program leans heavily on clone technologies. I mean, Star Wars told us all about the Clone Wars in the title of the movie. <laughs> Star Wars, Clone Wars. It's, it, it's like, of course they have clones. And it's amazing because they told you that. Then they didn't talk about clones that much in, 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 in the movie. But the thing is, like, Yeah, people have problems because their clones are being used for ungodly things. And here's the thing. What does it mean if a person has a soul part that's pulled out of the body and married to an entity in a clone body and then used in a ritual and then sent back to the original body? Is whatever happened inside of the clone body valid? And the answer is yes agreements and covenants and contracts and trades are made all the time and it's cheating and it's injustice. And I believe that when the body of Christ catches up to calling the devil out on his antics, we're going to see the floodgates of recompense open to us. But because we haven't been willing to even broach the the conversation of the cosmic soul trade, um, our houses are in bondage to the kingdom of darkness, our 
cars are in bondage to the kingdom of darkness. Our bank accounts are in bondage to the kingdom of darkness. Our children are in bondage to the kingdom of darkness. Our birthrights in bondage to the kingdom of darkness. Our inheritance is in bondage to the kingdom of darkness. Our future, I mean, you just go down the line. Everything that Christians complain about, I got saved and this is what my life looks like. And what I'm suggesting is when we begin to crack the cosmic soul trade with the justice agenda of heaven, we're going to see massive shifts. And that is going to radically transform the economy of those in the body of Christ. Very good. So, you know, what have you learned in working with Illuminati defectors and um, people with these certain bloodlines, what have you learned about the differentiated value of different soul fragments, cosmic soul trade? Oh my, oh my. Well, that's a deep question. And this is where it gets really interesting because the kingdom of darkness does not value all soul fragments the same way at all. As a matter of fact, many people that grew up and survived government-sponsored mind control and satanic ritual abuse backgrounds resonate with the term chosen one. And usually they're not told until the certain point that they are a chosen one so that no one knows among the children being tortured and tormented, who's going to live and who's going to die. Some will live and some will die. But there is clearly a, uh, a valuing that happens early on. And what the kingdom of darkness knows is that the more iniquity there is within a bloodline, the more value those soul fragments are going to have for diabolical uses and deployments in the spirit world. It's just like, you know, the more holy and righteous a person's soul is in Christ, the more brightly they will shine in the earth on behalf of Jesus Christ. It's like, you know, that the more iniquity that exists in a soul, the more application it has because it, it, it still has humanity, but it has been twisted from original humanity. It has been deviated. It's been augmented. And so it has a greater capacity for more evil, for more use for evil and diabolical purposes, which is why people that are born to certain bloodlines, like the Kennedys or the Rockefellers or the Romanovs or the Rothschilds or the Astors or the, you know, the Collins or well, all of these, what we have begun to understand are surnames that, that are uh, applied to branches of the 13 root bloodlines of the Illuminati. These are ancient bloodlines that actually have pre-Adamic origins and carry pre-Adamic iniquity. And those people that are born into these bloodlines, especially those bloodlines that have had a pattern of service to the kingdom of darkness, and a pattern of ritualizing children um, from one generation to the next, when they're born, they are like the prime rib. Every entity wants a piece of that. And so they will not get a break. They're going to be hunted down. And 
they are. As a matter of fact, some of these individuals, they use the term targeted. They're like, everywhere I go, everything, it's always after me, whatever. And, uh, you know, uh, not all targeted individuals are bloodliners. I'll just go ahead and make that statement. But many are, many are. And many that are targeted don't know that they are bloodliners because they received a surname that's, you know, maybe a bastard bloodline or whatever, and, and they don't know it. I can't tell you, Christian, how many people I've sat down with. And I think we're included in this group that have gone through our Freedom from Illuminati Bloodlines Genetics prayer and found that there were family names in that prayer that actually led to deliverance in our lives. And it's like, how the heck did that get in there? I don't know. And so this is a, a big deal. It's a big thing to understand. When we come from dark bloodlines, druid bloodlines, and, and kingly bloodlines in Europe and Africa and the Asian nations, you know, many of these so-called kingly bloodlines are set up with the help of the fallen angels that are working in tandem and in league with those that are being propped up as leaders. Just look at the king of Tyre. This guy was propped up by Lucifer himself, so much so that when addressing the king of Tyre, God says Lucifer because of the entanglement, the interface, this guy's a walk-in. So if I call the guy Lucifer, that's a valid uh, 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 articulation of what's really governing. So all of this plays into the conversation when people are coming from these backgrounds, they have a huge amount of value to the kingdom of darkness. They're born with a massive target on their back and it can take a lot of dedication to undo all of the iniquity that they are born with. And many people, and this is the good news, are being sent in and have been sent in for such a time as this Christian, because this is a time where God's pulling the lid off of this cosmic soul trade. He's coming back to redeem what the devil has done. And he's sent people in with the express assignment to cooperate with heaven, to repent and be set free on behalf of their whole bloodline to do a massive work of depowering in the kingdom of darkness. Because for every survivor whose soul parts have been trafficked around the heavens, and, and, and look, we'll talk about a few more in a second here, different applications. For every survivor and person who is standing up and saying, not today, Satan, that means that as they are being set free and delivered and their soul parts are being pulled out of these garments and out of these realms and, you know, androids and synthetic entities and holograms and clones and all this stuff that's advancing the agendas of the kingdom of darkness in the second heaven and into our world, they're losing power. With every person that gets set free, they are losing power. And so... It's, it's, it's quite incredible the angle that God is working in this hour. Now, I, I want to go ahead and, and talk about a few more applications here because, you know, Christian, I think people need to know this stuff. I do too. You can go ahead and do that. But I hope this helps people because I, you know, we, we know a lot of survivors in our ministry. And one of the biggest questions that they always ask is, there's two, why me? And can't Jesus just, wave a magic wand and make this all go away. And I think the complexity of why certain bloodlines and certain people were just born into an inevitability of being targeted 
being shattered, being, you know, undergoing trauma in order to get these soul parts, it requires a conversation on trade. You can't really understand what's happening as a survivor or as a target individual until you understand the cosmic soul trade. Because our kid is not gonna is not gonna be very appetizing to for their purposes because there's so much righteousness flowing through our bloodline, through a lot of cleanup and we both come from you know those types of backgrounds. And so there were there are certain folks that it's prime time and it's it's gold pumping through their veins from the kingdom of darkness perspective. And so, um, and it's kind of the opposite, you know, the Lord uses the righteous and, you know, he, and he can better flow through the, the kingdom of God, his expression of what he wants to do to a righteous vessel. It's the same thing with the kingdom of darkness. And so, um, or the opposite with the kingdom of darkness. So I think it's really important. I hope this some light bulb for people in terms of understanding where they strategically sit in this whole conversation and why they sit there. And I hope the Lord reveals their assignment to actually be on the earth at this time to clean up the iniquitous bloodline that they may have been born into. So that's all really awesome. So Dan, how about you finish off uh, this conversation on other uses and then we'll kind of um, wrap it up and talk a little bit more about uh, um, maybe a meta narrative of what this all means. Absolutely. By the way, have I told you today? Told me what? That I love you. No. Come on. <laughs> I love you, baby. I love you too. Folks, let me tell you something. Um, soul parts. They get used for all kinds of nonsense. I want to also add to the list the humanization of hybrids. And one of the things that we've learned in the course of our work is, first of all, not only are evil parties building clones and holograms, they they are certainly building hybrids. Uh, They're engineering them. They're experimenting with this stuff. And in order to humanize the hybrids that they are creating, they need human soul fragments because many of the hybrids, at least the earlier stages of the hybrid agendas that they were engineering, were psychopaths. They lacked any moral compass uh, or empathy at all they they, they're you know sociopaths psychopaths absolutely untenable and so in order to augment that they have taken soul fragments particularly from the emotional realm of people and used that soul essence to humanize hybrids as a matter of fact there is a lot of trading behind autism that has led directly into this agenda of the kingdom of darkness that people's emotional realm of their soul has been harvested and of course they have different gates of access one of which includes vaccines but they are getting to the uh, soul 
essence and 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 then using that whatever they can hunt and harvest to humanize hybrids in other places one of the things that some of you may remember is when i interviewed benjamin brody on this podcast who was delivered from autism by uh, i mean a miracle of god he remembers being a reptilian entity in, in, in an off-planet context and has clear recollection of the missions and what he was doing. And if you haven't heard his testimony, I encourage you to go back in the podcast and find it. But soul parts have been used to humanize hybrids and people will find their humanity wrapped up in these entities. And, and sometimes that's part of the reason why it's hard to get it back. So moreover, soul parts have been used in the creation of composite entities. And one of the reasons why deliverances can be very complicated is because when you think you are running into a spirit of sabotage or a spirit of uh, alcohol or a spirit of this or a spirit of that, that spirit is actually a composite entity. It's part human A, part human B, part human C, part demonic and part synthetic. And they knit it all together. And so it ends up a composite and that composite gets a consciousness. Oftentimes it's not human consciousness and then it does evil jobs. But if one of the components of its compositry is the DNA or the soul essence of the person it is inhabiting, it has a right to be there by design. And so you're yelling at this thing and it's not leaving because it's anchored by the person's own humanity. So soul parts are used in the creation of composite entities. Again, it's a way that the kingdom of darkness is engineering so that you don't see people walking around like Jesus, just saying, get out. And the thing just leaves because it's not just a spirit of infirmity anymore. It's a composite entity, a patchwork of all kinds of things. So, you know, people often that are on the outside of this world, they get real uh, 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 goofy around deliverance ministers and they say stupid things like, well, I never saw Jesus have to go through what you are going through. So what you're doing must not be of God. And it's like, well, we're ministering into a world that comes 2000 years after Jesus walked the earth. And Jesus is giving us a unique wisdom to deal with stuff that wasn't being done then the way it is now anyway and the way that he said that was greater works will you do in my name that's why i love you baby (laughs) that's how he actually um indicated that we were going to be dealing with a much more complicated world so go ahead (laughs) (laughs) preach that (laughs) so So composite entities, right? This is how the enemy is anchoring in his sabotage to many people's lives. So again, what do you need? You need trafficked, traded soul parts. You need soul parts for slave labor. Now, you know, uh, in the United States, slavery is illegal, but everybody knows it hasn't stopped slavery. As a matter of fact, the human slave trade is just as alive and robust now as ever. And we're all standing by believing God that in this hour, a massive move of heaven is going to move forward in this nation and others to bust up these child sex trafficking rings from the top down, taking out 
I mean, government officials that are implicated with dirty hands. We're all believing God for it. But, you know, it's first the spirit, then the natural. And what you find is human soul parts get trafficked and put in slave labor camps in other realms. This happens all the time. We call them regions of captivity. This not only happens, um, we actually do have legalized slavery in the United States. It is called our industrial prison complex. All right, talk about it. I'm just saying. So uh, it's, but, but you, if you commit a crime, slavery, it was decided to be illegal unless you committed a crime. It was actually a backdoor to um, get former slaves back into slavery. And so now there's, you know, slaves in prison working for a cent, one cent an hour, making products that are been sold in JCPenney's, making all types of products for actual corporations with almost no labor costs whatsoever. And the truth is we see this in the cosmic, in the, in the spirit world as well, well, is that there are prison camps that actually serve as labor camps. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, so over the truth. Go ahead. So, so there are these regions of captivity all over the spirit world where people's soul parts are being held in labor camps and forced to do things. I mean, things you wouldn't expect: mining, uh, sex trafficking, all of that. You know, I've met soul parts in the course of our work that were just being prostituted in the spirit world. They're uh, or in the other realms, that that's literally their job. They they work. They get prostituted. They have, um, they they live in a harem. Uh, there are other parts that uh, have get trafficked to actual mining locations, and th- things get mined in the other realms. Why do they get mined? Well, because it's being used by something or someone for something, and the operations that are going on in the spirit world are extraordinarily large and robust and huge. I mean, earth is, is, is very small compared to the size of the creation and the spirit world goes into the dimensions above what we can see and measure. And so with that said, just suffice it to say, there's a lot of activity going on. And so soul parts get farmed out and they get put to jobs like mine. And, you know, some people ask, well, with all of these soul parts all over the place, what is the plan of Jesus Christ for all of that? Like what happens if my soul parts are being trafficked in a harem or trafficked in a mining camp and, and I die and never find them or figure them out? Like what, what happens? Well, the answer is they stay there. I mean, that's truly one of the reasons why God has sent in a whole generation of people to clean up the iniquity and the bloodline and get justice because we have seen entire, like for instance, there was uh, one case where it was a whole hospital like realm where everybody was hooked up to these beds, sick beds. And, uh, but it's like they have IVs that's sucking the life out of them. These are all soul parts, but well, what, what are these soul parts? We found out that these soul parts in this massive hospital were the ancestors of the person I'm working with and the bodies are dead and they've passed from this earth, but their soul parts that were confined to this realm of captivity are still there long after the death has occurred. People might say, well, that doesn't agree with my theology. Well, your theology doesn't agree with reality. So take that. The thing is God has sent 
a whole company of people in to clean up the mess. And by that one person putting their hand up and saying, I will get set free from this region of captivity. We were able to come in with Jesus and the angels and empty the entire hospital and set all of their ancestral parts free from that region. And so this is a microcosm of what's going to happen at the end of the story when Jesus does come back. It's very interesting in Matthew 24 because it says, then the sign of man will, the son of man will appear in the heavens and all the tribes of the earth are going to mourn when they see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He's going to send his angels out with the sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. It's like, why is Jesus gathering his elect from one end of heaven to the other? And well, he's emptying out all of the residual uh, uh, regions of captivity that have not been liberated by that point. And so he has a plan to sort out the mess. But until then, I mean, we have to get a grid for what we're up against and how all of this stuff weaves together because Christian, here's the thing. And as we work into the meta narrative, the main point, what happens in the spirits will have huge ramifications on what we experience in the natural. So very good. I want to use that as a segue to our last conversation on, on this topic. And that is, you know, we've talked about debt. I've, I've talked some teachings on it uh, that I've done on the Supernatural Business School. And I would like you to talk about what the Lord has revealed to you as to the cosmic soul trait and debt between the earth and these other realms. <sighs> Well, the, the thing is, it seems that as long as people are in bondage on, on a cosmic soul trade level, they are able to pirate and steal blessings in the natural realm. So people are being farmed for their inheritance in Christ Jesus. That's one of the big connections. And what we have to realize is that a lot of these realms, like think about all these places where soul parts are being trafficked all over the heavens. Well, those realms exist on grids. Grids are quantum energy networks in the spirit world that connect realms in a web of traffic. And so you will see that soul parts are getting trafficked from one realm to another on grids. And, you know, these grids can look like light and uh, other things, nets, webs. Uh, and, and, and so every node in a grid is a realm, and many of these realms can be regions of captivity. And so what happens is when you are in these grids because of soul trafficking and trading, whatever is coming to a person from God because of the way the legalities in the spirit realm work out can be 
stolen and redirected through the grids because of the soul trading. And so God, you know, you pray God and you're like, I need this breakthrough in this area of my life. And God sends it. But just like Daniel, God sent Gabriel to Daniel and Gabriel hits the second heaven and a massive war breaks out. Daniel's fasting for 21 days for Gabriel to get to Daniel. The Bible doesn't say it explicitly, but I guarantee you part of that involves grids in the second heaven. And so God sent Michael to assist Gabriel, and then he came 21 days later. Many people are in similar situations. They're asking God for things, but once those blessings hit the second heaven, they're being routed, they're being redirected, and they're being taken to places that they don't belong, like the Rothschild bank accounts and other uh, places, because what has happened in the heavens is reflected in the earth. And the ones who are put in power and control over these grids that are connecting these realms that are regions of captivity, regions of evil operations, whoever the kingdom of darkness sees fit to put at the top of those systems, get the benefits of the ungodly trades, the uh, injustice and all of that until the people of God stand up and demand justice. And so what I'm suggesting is that in this hour, one, God wants his people economically empowered. Mm -hmm. Two, that working against that economic empowerment is ungodly trades and mm -hmm. brokenness. Brokenness because they are going after people who have been traumatized and hurt and carry iniquity in their bloodlines. But there is a solve. His name is Jesus. And his provision can be applied with understanding to get the breakthrough. And that's one of the things we are engineering for here at Bride. And I think that with a balanced perspective of how to apply what God has for us, wisdom, knowledge, techniques, education, systems, and also inner healing and deliverance, there is a solution for everyone. Well, I that um, treaded a lot of ground and wrapped up this conversation on trade. Thank you so much for your time. It was incredibly difficult to book you, but um, I'm so happy you can spend a little bit of time with us. Audience, I hope you've learned a lot. And if you'd like to follow up, he has a series on the Cosmic Soul Trade on www.brightmovement.com. There's also the Evil Grids Prayer. If you think that that applies to you, it's also on our website under our prayer page. Thank you so much for joining us. God, I'll see you next time. Thank you, baby. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. This podcast is a production of Bride Ministries International. Visit our website at brideministriesinternational.com to enjoy the Bride Ministries Church, the Bride Ministries Institute, free resources, and to support us financially.